Welcome back to the Draft Champions Podcast. We have been on hiatus. We have not been canceled. We're just, uh, we've chosen not to uh, have any podcasts recently. I'm here with Frank Amarante. How you doing? Feeling great. Feeling a bit relieved that uh, Jordan Romano isn't actually injured after what you posted yesterday. <laughs> I'm talking to my dad on uh, WhatsApp on the phone, texting away about the Jays game. I'm like, oh no, Romano got hurt. What that quick after... The he just gave up the three run home run, and then I find out it was fake. Yeah, you retweeted that, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm like, I don't know. It's like Gialdi just messaged me today. He's like, Toby and Bubba were talking about it on their podcast, and like during their podcast, I guess they saw it and they fell for it. Everyone fell for it. I guess it's like I would have fallen for it if, if I saw it because it's just so random. And like, why, why would you do this? I don't know why you would do this, but um, I don't know. I thought it'd be just sort of different and funny. Sometimes you just get bored and do stuff, but um, I don't know. People got upset about it. Legitimately upset. It's, I guess a joke, but like it'd be one thing if I did it like right before fab ran at like nine 45 and then people actually might've made a mistake because of it. But I don't know. I, don't know. I say relax. It was funny though. Was I get funny. it. I, I get it. It could be like, I get it. I get it. Okay. So Bjorn, what's up buddy? You're here. We got Bjorn here because Rick's not here today. Yeah, I'm doing great, Zach. I, I think we'll have a great program. Um, you know, Rick doesn't really care for me at all, but there's nothing I can do about that. He said he's going to give me one chance to get it right and sent over his soundboard. And hopefully, you know, I don't mess anything up, but I'm excited to talk with you and Frank tonight. So you're IT. You're, you're, I'm relying on you for information technology. Uh, yeah. Yep. I will be um, the IT for this program and I've been practicing and I think I should be ready to go. Okay, so do you want, like, do you still have all your, like, stupid segments? Uh, they're not stupid. They're signature segments. And, yes, uh, they'll be ready. Uh, the first one is called um, Bjorn to be Wild, and we can kick it off with that. So um, it's kind of like, you know, baseball players have walk-up music, and it just gets everyone so hyped. And that's what this music is. be wild <laughs> <laughs> all right <clears throat> just one second frank all right <clears throat> get your motor rolling head up to the highway head out on the highway proceed Okay, thank you. All right, Frank, easy question for you today. Do you have a favorite power couple or power duo in any of sports or entertainment or anything like that? Favorite power couple. Hmm, that's tough. I got to go with, I guess I got to go with Jay-Z and Beyonce just because I love Jay-Z as a rapper. A duo in, a duo in sports right now, I got to go you know, especially maybe call it recency bias, but Mike Trout and Shohei Otani just hitting home run after home run this week. That's my that's my top duo right now. All right. Well, wow. Um, you seem like a nice guy and you're pretty humble, too, because I thought you might have went with Frank and Kev the Surgeon as a power duo, power couple. I saw you guys starting that Twitter community. So I saw that kind of getting up off the ground. So that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. You know, we're the tag team champs in football. We're bringing it over to baseball this year off to a great start. We'll hope it continues. Uh, we're like tied for third right now in the tag team league, which we'll get into later. And I'll really uh, talk about how nasty that team of ours is. All right. That sounds.
Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh, yep. Oh. <clears throat> Close it out with the music. All right. See, he's no Rick. He's no Rick. He's not as smooth. As, he's not as he's not as smooth. What does Rick call himself? A smooth, uh, a gunslinger. He's no gunslinger like Rick. But um, <laughs> he's, he's he's doing he's doing the right job. That's that was great. That was a great segment. Awesome. Um, Love the that, song. That was great. I, mean, I think you, I think you did a fantastic job there, Bjorn. And we're we're very thrilled to have you here at the Draft Champions Network. So I want to talk to Frank. And if uh, for, for those who don't know Frank, I'm sure everyone, most people do, but you can find him at F, at F Amarante TJ. TFJ on Twitter and anything else you want to plug? Well, yeah, you find my, the rest of my work at the game day, uh, posting betting content, some fantasy content. And I always tweet out, you know, uh, insightful tidbits and in fantasy baseball. I try to do that. So yeah, I always looking to interact on Twitter. always love to debate and talk a little shit. I love it. I love it. Hey, this was, I didn't plan on asking this but because I didn't, I forgot that you did all the, the batting because I'm mostly just a, a, a season long fantasy person, but like, what's with all these people like now, like getting into betting, I feel like it's like more and more people are just like saturating the betting market. And every, can I just like throw like Bjorn, Bjorn's doing it too. I see Bjorn's bets. Wow. Bjorn, how are you doing? And you're betting. Well, if you were already following me, you'd have a, a few extra loonies in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well i i gotta i think i'll have to tail you on a few bets uh and uh you know follow you on there okay. but uh to answer your question it's just because you know sports betting getting legalized across the united states it's just a ever-growing market and there's there's a need for content there and it's a good way to make yourself more well-rounded as a content creator just you want to in my opinion, you want to hit every level and betting and fantasy go hand in hand. So I think that's why you're seeing more and more uh, content creators go in that route as well. I don't want to interrupt you, but you know who's really, really uh, well-rounded? Who's that? Rick Poundstone. Oh, yeah. Very well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that you're, you're getting into the Jeopardy categories, perhaps. Maybe we'll have to use that for tonight. So yeah, yeah, tonight, like this episode will be released soon, but tonight we also have another episode uh, starring John Fish and um, James Gable, who've both been on the podcast before. Bobby Big Bucks declined the invitation um, because we wanted to have all the guys that have done like 100 leagues. Fish has done it like me, Fish, Bob, James, like we've all done like ridiculous amount of leagues. So it's going to be a round <laughs> table. That's a little teaser for, for later tonight for all the uh, loyal listeners of the draft champions network, but let's get into our episode with you, Frank. Um, we're in two leagues together, at least well, two fab leagues. I know we're in at least another uh, draft champions league, but we're not going to get into that today. Um, let's talk. Let's start with surf. Um, yeah. The uh, Canadian um, Canadian ultimate national tournament. Um. I'm going to pull up that league right now. And uh, this is a solo league. So me, you, me and you are in it. Our buddy Graham, who's a uh, co-host on this podcast, is also in it. Amongst others, Ryan Ireland is the commissioner and he's doing a fantastic job. Shout out to Ryan. Great guy. Um, so let's pull up this league. How you doing in this league? You know, struggling a bit right now. My hitting's, my hitting's been solid, but I'm about, I believe, 12th place now because pitching's really struggling. And uh, got to get that pitching going. Yeah, the pitching is uh, – you got a couple of blow-ups there. Like, this is so early that those few blow-ups can really hurt you. Like, I see you got Tyler Molly on your team and Taiwan Walker. I'm not sure if you've had – you probably had Molly in for most of those, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Walker recently had a blow-up. I don't know if you had him in there, but, like, 
I did, unfortunately. So, so volatile right now. Um, you're pitching, yeah, like you do have like you do have like a lot of good pitchers on your team. You got Kopech, you got Alcantara, who's going right now. Um, and then I, I dropped Keller. You picked him up. So what do you think about that? Like, how do you, how do you feel about Keller? Do you think, uh, are you as, are you as bullish on him as you, as you were initially? No. Well, coming into the year, I always love to see a big tangible change, like a velocity gain that we saw with Keller. And I thought, Hey, there's a former top prospect, maybe with the new regime there in Pittsburgh, they're better with pitchers. I think what they're pushing, what is it? Drive line over there or one of those kind of things. So I thought maybe that would be helpful for Keller and he'd take the next step. But for, so far, that hasn't come to fruition. And I'm definitely not as high on him as I was before. I've soured on him. Obviously, we got to pivot with any changes we see. Can't We can't have a take lock too much. So yeah, definitely soured on him. But what happened in this league is I think you dropped him early on, like, I don't know, maybe two weeks in. And at that point, I still had my similar optimism uh as i did coming into the year so i'm like you know this team i have here is struggling and pitching let me put in a big bid for keller because i still think you know the breakout could come but now i obviously regret that just the thing is in this situation i believe i bid like 100 plus for him something in 100 and change mm -hmm. so i'm giving him more of a leash i'm not going to drop him right away but I started him this week because he's home to Cincinnati, even though he struggled against them last week in Cincinnati, hoping he could bounce back. But I'm not really optimistic. I'll probably stash him on the bench for a bit. Yeah, but that might be tough. That makes sense. Um, similarly, I uh, spent over $100 on Matt Brash in this league. And my decision is made a little bit easier than yours because uh, he was sent down to the minor leagues and he was an easier drop. But yeah, if he was still in that rotation, it would be a tougher decision for me. But uh, he also was a guy that looked really good in his first outing. And I just like, obviously that was a regret. I overspent him. It was the only, it was the only place I got brash uh, in all of my leagues because he just wasn't going for actually, I'll tell you what happened. And uh, this is a, this is a good uh, little, um, I guess, interesting little tidbit for people that don't know that the surf league, the, the fab runs at, at midnight Eastern, whereas all the other leagues have been run at 10 PM Eastern. So you sort of have the benefit of hindsight. And I don't know if you ever look at, the beds uh, for players before uh, that, that happened in the main event and OCs. Yeah, that's helpful about serve. You, you if you don't if you don't use that, it, I think you're just kind of missing out on an opportunity because you're able to see all these leagues have their fab run and it gives you a benchmark for your own. You can tinker with your bids and surf accordingly. Yeah, and I can even look to see what you guys are spending in the tag team and yeah. like look at specific players and see what who is who wants who. So that has helped me. Like, um, for example, Kyle Wright. Um, I think um, I just just seeing what the bid. I, I want him in a lot of leagues, but I, I want him in this league too because I pumped up my bid. I think an extra twenty dollars because I saw what he was going for. Uh, he was going a little bit more expensive than I thought he was, even though I liked him. So yeah, it, it, that that is a tool. I actually dislike it um, because you sort mm -hmm. of get to cheat. But yeah. But at the same time, I do like it because I'm in so many leagues. It gives me a little breather and I don't have to get like rushed to get surfed on. And I can do it after the fact. But it's kind of it's kind of stupid to have Fab run two hours later just in one league. Like it makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. Doesn't make any sense. It's really it's really stupid. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, on back onto your team. Um, so Keller, yeah, he's going to be a hold for you. Um, what about Locke? Same idea. Like you're, you're really bullish. You and Kev were both really bullish on him. So with Gavin Lux, it was just that I felt he was undervalued and people were forgetting that this was a hype prospect who just really didn't get his fair shake in, with everyday playing time. He was 
you know, playing sporadically. So how is he going to really develop as a hitter if he's not given every day at bats? And then, you know, obviously they let Seager walk. Then they made the AJ Pollock trade. So I said, okay, Gavin Lux is going to have his chance now. Has he done much from a fantasy standpoint so far? Nothing to write home about really. But if you look at his plate discipline, I'm pretty impressed. You know, 12.8% walk rate. His K rate's only 17.4%. His ex-Woba is 389, which is better than what his actual Woba is. Like he's hitting the ball hard. He's playing every day. I know he hits ninth. That could hurt your counting stats, but maybe less so because he's in that stacked Dodgers lineup. So I honestly haven't soured at all on him. He's just a solid middle infield. It wasn't like I thought he was going to, you know, just rip it up this year. I just thought, you know, he's undervalued. He's got that prospect pedigree, path to playing time, good situation. Why not take a shot? And a lot of people were sort of still questioning him and thinking he wouldn't play every day. And I, I would push back a bit on t- Twitter and talk a little shit, but just it's just all in fun. And uh, hopefully Lux uh, starts to send some some of those balls over the seats going forward. Yeah, I got Lux on a couple big teams myself. Um, it's so it's still so early because even though it's like uh, like second week of May, it's really like the first week of May because the season started later. I think I think True. sometimes I forget that um, when I'm looking at my teams like in the past week or two, I'm like, oh, it's already May. Well, it's you got to calibrate a little bit. Um, but yeah, just back to your surf team. Um, you have got Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Rizzo, huge hot starts. Um, a lot of these guys I haven't kept as uh, close eye on because I don't own them in a lot of spots like uh, Stanton and JD Martinez, but like, it looks like your offense is, is pretty good. Um, and you got a really balanced and really good offense. Yeah. The offense, I I'm happy with it. You know, Francisco Lindor is, exceeding expectations even for me I, I thought he'd bounce back but he looks great Ramirez is killing it I only took Ramirez first overall because I already took Trey Turner in another league and I play like I made like 10 leagues so it wasn't like, no what's that was that music coming through that that song no no I didn't hear no. anything <laughs> okay I just hear you interrupting Frank that's all I hear uh, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll stop that for now yeah it's okay Bjorn um yeah the only t- the only reason i took ramirez first overall is because i only pl- i played like what 10 teams and i i wanted to switch it up i already had taken trey turner first overall in another league so i wanted to have a ramirez share <laughs> what's going on there bjorn's <laughs> having a dance party just familiarizing yourself with the the soundboard that rick gave you oh i gosh i am so sorry zach and frank there's like a hundred buttons on here. I don't know what's I, this one had a star on it and there was a message next to it. And it said, Rick's time to shine. Stay humble. I, I don't even know what that means. I guess that's because it's his signature song, but yeah. Um, never mind. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. But yeah, to sum it up, my offense has been good. My pitching looks a little weaker than it could have. Uh, and that's my own mistake. Cause I drafted Jack Flaherty when it wasn't known that he was injured because we drafted earlier and yeah. he wasn't a player I was really targeting too much. It's just that I liked the value where he went and, you know, I just wanted to diversify a bit and that's where, you know, diversifying went wrong. Like I, it's not like I loved Flaherty. I could have went elsewhere that in that spot for sure. And obviously Jared Kellenick has really, uh, really struggled and not, taking the next step, at least improved a bit so far. And it looks like he's going to be sent down. He could be. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of regretting that. I have clinic on a few teams, 
Uh, I don't have them on. A, I don't think I have them on any big money teams, but I think I have them on a couple, uh, too many teams. Uh, but like, look at your team. You got Dahlback, Kalenic. Did you pick up McCullers off waivers, or did you draft? No, him? that's because uh, he. It was again. We drafted early, so it wasn't for sure known how long he was going to be out. Yeah, and uh, he felt. I think I got him like three fifty or four, like really late. I just took a shot. I could have told definitely. You I, I, I don't think told I could you how long he's gonna be out for. Right? Um, I could have told you how long he's been out for. Like by January, he's not gonna. He's not gonna pitch the season. You can drop him. Yeah, I'll read a little more into it. I'm probably gonna drop him, but it wasn't for sure that he was out for the season at that point. No, it's not for sure right now, but it is. Yeah, I know he's not. You, he's, not he's not gonna pitch. It, We'll see, but yeah, I'm definitely dropping him this week. I will, I will it's, side it's, with you there. Well, it's just you got, you got like Dob, like not to, like these, these are all players I've taken too, like Dahlbeck, Kalenic, Flaherty. I get it, McCullers, like those, like those are four guys that really like are top. Yeah. Like you're not gonna, you're, it really handcuffs you to play the waiver wire and get some like the next hot hand, like a Drury or something like that. When you have guys like that, just yeah. Like, sitting there and i don't know what to do with those guys i don't know what to do with clinic i've held them dollback is a guy that he's on the chopping block i've cut i've cut dollback and i think all my leagues if they're gonna yeah i'm gonna have to cut him now i liked him coming in and i'll take the l on that one yeah like i don't i didn't know what to think i was sort of 50 50 on him but um he's not getting the playing time right now right yeah that's the thing i thought like either he'd really struggle and that'll be it and and Casas, Casas will come up, Tristan Casas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't think like they'd bring up Franchi Cordero and they'd like kind of platoon them. I didn't really think that would happen. He'd either he'd struggle and lose his job all right, or or he'd do well and play or do it decently and play every day. But this situation is like the worst case scenario. So he's going to be cut loose this week. I'm going to make some changes to this bench. Well, the thing is, where are you here? Oh, you got $500 left in fab, 511. I've got 296. So I've used a lot of my fab in this league. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be very competitive um, anymore on the big guys, like the Kirby's, the whoever else, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, I sh- I'll probably put a, make a splash on Kirby, to be yeah, honest. I'm, yeah, to be honest, I'm not going to be able to compete with you on that. I can't bid $200 plus on anyone anymore. I've sort of hamstrung myself on that because uh, i've won brash right um i don't even know who else is on my roster right now that i would have spent a lot of money on probably wasting my money on some people um mm-hmm. anyways um you want to move on to the tag team sure let's go to the tag team here so you and kev the roto the surgeon are i've teamed up me and curland have teamed up in this league as well um it's standings league let's look at your team here i asked rick to play with me uh i mean what to, <laughs> i i i uh i i asked rick to play with me on the on the same team but he refused to he refused to sign up so that was kind of a bummer but i'm yeah i'll let you get back to that maybe maybe yeah maybe me and you will join it next year maybe if curlin that doesn't play. If you, if I'm looking for a new partner, perhaps I'll maybe Bjorn, you'll be my partner. <laughs> I would, I would love to do that. Okay. Um, so here, like you got, you got Gavin Lux again. Let's see if you have any similar players, Gavin Lux, Francisco Lindor. Um, do you have Kopech here? You have Kopech again. Kopech has been a money pick for, for, for on both of your teams there. 
Yeah, he's he's been good. Like he's been good in terms of ERA, but I expected a little more strikeouts. Like he's not getting that many whiffs, but you know it's early, and at least the ERA is there, and he's giving up weak contact, and he looked better in his last start. So happy yeah. with Kopech. So Yellick just hit for the cycle today, and you have him on this team. I wanted Yellick. I, I I we had our plan going in, and Curlin would uh, was a hard no on Christian Yellick. We could not draft him. I was big. I'm big on Christian Yellick, and I guess that's one of the challenges in in teaming up, right? You gotta yeah, agree. And he was that Yellick was one of my biggest targets heading into the season, and Curlin had a complete veto on Yellick, and we had we had to compromise in some spots. So. Um, I like that pick and he looks like one of the best players in the game right now. Yeah, he's killing it. And I think that's what, uh, why Kevin and I work so well as a tag team is because we're really good at compromising because he didn't want Yelich at all. I really pounded the table for him. I, I let him take his guy like a Pablo Lopez. That's all Kev. Yep. So he, he gave in and he's like, okay, fine. We'll take Yelich. And we did. And it's been a smash so far. And you look at his, Numbers coming into today, five homers, three steals. Like you said, he hit the cycle today. He, his ground ball rate is down almost 6% coming into today's game, which is a great sign because that was his concern. Like he was still hitting it relatively hard. He was still walking a lot. It wasn't like his K rate was up. It was just he was hitting grounders again, like Miami Marlins version of Yelich. So we're seeing that change again, and he's looking – almost back to his MVP level. Not saying he's going to go 40-30 like he did there, but 30-15 is definitely in play for Yelich again. Right on. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's the day I'm finally getting my Christian uh, Yelich tattoo. All right. Not yep. a, I couldn't think of a better player to get a tattoo of. Love, uh, love me some Yelich. I'm getting a Yelich. tattoo of his face on uh, my back, right behind my left shoulder, so it's going to be awesome, and I just can't wait to share that with all my fans out there. Wow, that's uh, incredible, Bjorn. Uh, it sounds unreal. You must be on cloud nine. Yeah, no, it, it is very real, and it's going to be spectacular. And I, I'll share within about a week or so. I'm sure. You know, yeah, Frank doesn't think we're. He probably thinks we're joking. This is actually serious. This oh, is 100 wow. serious. That's unreal. Yeah, we'll tell you about. It. We'll tell you about it after. Um, looking at this team, you have Hosmer's been off to a, a torrid start. Um, yeah, like you said, I think your office was, offense was almost like humming perfectly. Um, oh yeah. Uh, at the start of the at the start of the year, Andrew Vaughn. A lot of these like uh, a lot of these guys that like seem to like have the like the second year breakout guys, like the the, the skilled guys that ha- that have the chance to take the next step forward. You seem to like gravitate towards. Yeah, we really do, especially those who, uh, you know, they're sort of like post-hype prospects like Andrew Vaughn. He came up last year. He had some hype, struggled a bit, had sporadic playing time. We thought, hey, maybe he gets more playing time this time around and and we'll see what he could do. He goes late enough that it's worth a shot. And we took it and he looks great so far. Unfortunately, he's on the IL now. Hopefully he comes back soon. Uh, Keller was a whiff. We talked about him, but it was the same type of player, you know, that post hype. Uh, Alec Baum, he's been pretty solid. It looked pretty bad early on when there were, it was looking like he's going to lose his job to Bryson Stott, but then he just sort of started hitting well and took over and he's in a great lineup. Sometimes he's hitting towards the top of the order. I know there's a lot said about, you know, his batted ball profile or whatever, like he doesn't have a lot of power and he's overachieving right now, but Hey, 
He had a really cheap price. He hits in a good lineup. I mean, what's not to like with what he's given you so far? I like so, it. Yeah, so we took a shot and it's paid off. Uh, another one who is similar to that and sort of similar is Austin Meadows. And that was just the case. It's not like he's doing great so far. He hasn't even homered yet, but he's showing good plate discipline. I think he could start to turn it on, especially now that he's in Detroit because we drafted him when he was still with the Rays. And it was basically only because, you know, he has a, a nice season under his belt. At 24, he hit 30 home runs with 12 steals. Like, And then he had that one year where he was affected by COVID a lot. He, he had COVID and it really made him fatigued and it affected his production. And then last year he was hit or miss. So we just took a shot. And it's been better that he's moved to Detroit because he plays pretty much every day and he's at the top of the lineup. And I think he'll get it going. Right. Um, what about Grisham? Um, like he's a guy that you have on just you guys have on this one team. I don't think you can drop him yet, but he's a guy that like. Do you, are you worried about him at all? Yeah, a little bit because sometimes you know he'll get benched or hit ninth, and he's. It's now been a significant sample of him struggling going back to last year. He's probably not as good as we thought he was. No, like highly likely not as good as he looked that one year. What two years ago? But, yeah. but. A profile like he has with some speed and with some power, it's really hard to to drop. Or you have a you have to have a long leash with someone like that. We'll just have to park him on the bench if the struggles continue. But yeah, definitely soured on him and not really too bullish on his outlook. But like I said, you got to give him a really long leash. Well, hopefully Vaughn's back soon, so you can just make that swap and put Grisham on the bench until he starts uh, doing something. Where do you think Grisham would go in those like those memor- Memorial Day drafts that are like the second chance drafts? Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. So before the season, like around main event time, where was he going? Like one, probably 120, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, definitely outside the two hot, top 200, probably – I would say maybe like what 240 ish. Yeah, that seems about right. Like, I think, like, I'm trying to think, like, in these, um, in these 12 team leagues, which they will be the Memorial Days, they're, they're like OCs, so they're pretty shallow. I don't, I, I'm, I was considering what the fact would he be even be drafted. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think he'll still be drafted just because everyone's hungry for speed and yeah, he has some of that. So, and the Padres lineup's pretty decent. Yeah, We're just yeah. So looking at your pitching, Lopez, Pablo Lopez, Logan Gilbert, Michael Kopech, man, like those guys have had like a under one ERA like combined, I think. Until Gilbert, Gilbert gave up a, a couple of runs today. He's he's slowing down a bit, but um, still nine strike nine strikeouts today. Pretty pretty yeah. pretty decent against the Phillies, um, in Seattle. Um, I have Gilbert on a main event team. I, I'm hoping that he does well. But yeah, you you've got some guys that like maybe didn't have the innings assurance, but in those three, but really um really are stepping up in, in ratios. Yeah, definitely. And it's been a big help because we waited on pitching. I, I, it was either, no, Barrios was our first, but he's actually struggled. I think he'll turn it around. Yeah. So that would give us a nice four. Uh, Pablo Lopez staying healthy, Logan Gilbert taking the next step, Michael Kopech thriving in a role in the rotations really helped out our pitching. Even though our stats haven't been there yet, like that's what's keeping us out of first place. We got like, very few pitching points in the roto standings and but i think it'll turn it around because i on paper it looks nice just we've had some ugly blow-ups like burials the first game of the year against the rangers he got rocked and so on like he's 
things like that have hurt us, but it'll turn around. Right on. And Drew, Drew Rasmussen, we can't overlook. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been solid. And I messed us up that one week with his best start. Uh, coming into that week, he had a couple mediocre outings. Like his previous start, he only went three innings. And I was really high on uh, Jacob Junis that week because he was pitching against the A's. And right. he looked great as that sort of long reliever fireman could get four or five innings of really nice ratios. And he did well. Five shutout innings uh, with one walk and six Ks. But that was the start where Rasmussen struck out nine and he just was totally dominant. So that really stung. Right on. Um, and then you, you got Shane Baz you picked up for, I think, like 25 or 26, 27 bucks. Um, he was a guy that I wanted to pick up. But um, again, I was vetoed by our tag, by the tag team, oh. uh, by the tag team. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Tag team. Uh, uh, Your partner in crime. Yeah, the the tag team uh, board of directors, but tag uh, team lineup man. But I, I I I'll share the blame in that because he just didn't want Baz. But I, I I was stashing Trevor Bauer for most of the year, so it made it sort of handcuffed us in terms of stashing another pitcher and just our roster construction. It, we couldn't stash another pitcher, so that was a lot of my fault as well in terms of the players that I wanted to keep stashed, like the relievers um, on our team. We have. Um, we have, I think, five relievers. So we we're, we have um, Kenley Jansen, um, Joe Barlow, Stalmont, Joan Duran, and I think another guy too, um, and David Robertson. Damn, um, we need we need another closer. We only have one. You do. So having those five, and then having having had Bauer on our bench, having had Cobb and Snell hurt, we should have we should have taken Yellick over Snell. I wish we did that. Um, but um, just having those players um, on our bench made us very made it very difficult to, to pick up Baz. But sorry, I'm I'm rambling on when I wanted to. I should ask you the question. Uh, I'm just kind of jealous that we don't have him. But I think uh, Baz was a good pickup. Yeah, for one, I was when I looked at free agency. Honestly, I was surprised to see him available, just because you know when you went in drafting him, you thought you knew that he was going to miss some time. So I would have thought. There'd be more patience there, but I guess not. So I was shocked to see that. And given the fact that he was still a month away and it wasn't fully concrete when he was returning, I, I knew that bidding on him, it wouldn't be as expensive. And now would be the time to do it because as we got closer to his return date, I mean, what would he go up for if it was one week before his, his start? He'd probably go for over 100, no? So I was really happy with that. I put in around 27 and I got him by $1. That's the best feeling when you get <laughs> nice. in that bid by a buck. Nice. So well done, especially with the way our pitching was in terms of uh, actual production where we're towards the bottom of the standings. I felt like a player like Baz would is the perfect fit. He has so much upside, obviously the workload concerns come, especially coming off the injury, but the ratio should be really great. I mean, last year, 36% strikeout rate in AAA and his very limited action at a 16% swing strike rate. His fastball is great. Obviously, the Rays are awesome with pitchers, so you bump them up just for that, just like you would with a San Francisco Giants pitcher. So it's just a perfect fit, and I was ecstatic that we got him. That was huge. Right. So Dane Dunning, I think I, took, I, think I have Dunning in the surf league, and you guys have him in the tag team. Right? He was a guy I complete, it was a complete blind spot for me heading into the season. He was being drafted fairly high, like as like a breakout guy by a lot of like smart players. That yeah, I remember taking. that. And just I remember seeing like um, 
Tyler Jung on a couple of his boards, just being in on Dunning very much. And he was a guy that, that stood out to me that he was taking him. I never took him. I, ne- I could never, I never saw it. I didn't see any velo mixed, nothing on a team that's kind of crappy. I guess the park did, but like, I didn't see anything, but now he's sort of performing. I'm a little bit more interested now. What do you think? Well, with Dunning, it was a fact of like, you know, the Rangers were going to give him all the volume he could have because their pitching staff is really thin. <laughs> Beautiful song. <laughs> Are you Dunning yet, Bjorn? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways. Um, uh, wait, I, I'm sorry. There, there was a heart around that one, and it was labeled send privately to James Gabal. So I know I know Rick has a crush on him. So I I don't even know if. Oh my goodness, way. Rick! That you're gonna have to ask Rick about that later tonight. I'm sorry, you were Gabal's about- gonna be on later tonight too. So we'll have to we'll have to get that like straightened out because that's kind of weird. Yeah, he had a heart written around it. I I don't. Yeah, you were talking about Dane Dunning. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the Rangers staff is thin, so he'll get his volume, and so far he looks good. As he's got a 3.51 FIP, 29.7% called strike, whiff rate. Uh, last year, he wasn't as bad as the surface stats suggested. If you look at the peripherals, they were a bit better. And it, sometimes, you know, there's so many players to look into. So when you see respected players on someone like Dunning, you kind of take notice and he goes cheap enough that, Hey, we need a pitcher. Let's take a shot. Sometimes it's really that simple. You know, who else was, who else was in on Dunning? I don't even remember. I don't really know exact names, but I do know, I know what you're saying. Like I heard a lot of good buzz, positive uh, yeah. reports from respected players around Dunning. So yeah, like that's, I, I mean, John was yeah. the only one that I remember like specifically, like definitely being on in, in on him, but I don't remember anyone else that's like, sort of like those top players that people tend to like copy. But um, Downing, just looking at his velocity, like he's, he's under 90, man, basically. Like his fastball is under 90. <laughs> that's what, that's like, that's why I was like, I don't like, I saw the people drafting him. Like, I don't care. Um, under 90 fastball, but he's getting away with it. He's got a four pitch, four, four pitch mix. Um, really nothing. Like I, there's nothing really that sticks out to me here. But yeah, like we're so just be that, you know, steady contributor to round out the back end of your rotation. I don't think we're going to see by any means some sort of huge leap. He just, just a sound pick. He'll get his innings. He'll get decent strikeout rate worth a shot at his price. What do you think of Bruce Zimmerman? I wanted to ask you about him. Um, Again, another blind spot. Um, You have him like Baltimore Orioles. It's just like, if you're going to be like an average pitcher on a, bad team i'm not interested um didn't make any plays for him what do you think i just well he was a guy that i was consistently drafting at the very end of my draft champions leagues just because who else was going to get innings in baltimore and and you just wanted to fill out your bench with some players who you know had paths to playing time because it gets really deep in that really in the the towards the end of that draft so i already had an eye on him and then you know getting off to that strong start I put in a, I think, 30-plus dollar bid on him just because he was pitching well, and here he is. He just, you know, like he's not going to be any – he's not going to wow you in any way, but he seems to be pretty decent so far. His control has been all right, and and whatever they, – what they did at Camden Yards, moving the fence back, like yeah. it's like a pitcher's park now, so. 
<laughs> it kind of is. Well, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Swinging strike rate, twelve percent this year, which is up from last year. Um, looking at his stats here, doesn't throw particularly hard. His velo is actually down. It's like a crafty type of pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just out on him because I don't. I don't want any Bruce's on the Orioles. I just have bad memories of like Bruce Chen. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, other than that, um, doesn't look like you're taking any like pure rookies. Like I didn't. I don't see you like well these two teams specifically. Um, like I see you have Cle- like you like Kalenic's not really a rookie, but like J Rod, Witt, Josh Lowe, like Alec Thomas is coming up. Could be the same thing. Like. It looks like you're looking at like the, the, the second year guys yeah. to gravitate towards. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. We gravitate towards more of the second, third year player. Like I said, the post hype because they're the shine is worn off, so to speak, in a way. Uh, yeah. But I do regret missing out on uh, Julio Rodriguez early on in draft season when you could get him much later when it was like unclear that if he'd even play at all this year, which honestly I didn't – I was – if you would ask me in January if he was coming up, like from day one, I'd say no way, man. It's been a big surprise, and he's starting to turn it on. He's stealing like crazy. I think yeah, he'll be an asset throughout the year. And yeah, I never would have expected that. He's been, yeah, I think he's gonna be good. He's hitting high in the lineup. It's just like, yeah, he's gonna he's be. He's not supplanting Kalenic, like, like Florida. Kalenic, did it himself. Like, like, True. it's not like he's like now replacing Kalenic. Kalenic had Kalenic still has every chance to do well. It's just he's shitting his own bed. It's not like, it's not like, um, it's not like J Rod's taking a shit in his bed. It's not like a Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation where there's <laughs> bed. It's just like, Kalanick's <laughs> just pissing his bed by himself. Yeah, he's really struggled, and but it's like, it makes you wonder though. Like, if they didn't have another super outfield prospect like a Julio, would they have a maybe longer leash on Kalanick? Like maybe. Because they have this other young stud doing well, they're more open to sending Kalenic down than they would have been had they not. I don't know. That's just speculation from me. Yeah. Possibly. Any, any, any other big regrets um, in this draft season? Like I, 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 I posted a couple of regrets that I had. Any, any, any regrets that you like you'd, um, that you, yeah. you just do over like a broad level or a couple of like, ones that stick out to you? Oh, definitely. So for one, uh, Jeremy Pena, especially earlier in, in draft season with the draft champions, I remember reading uh, uh, Zimmerman's article there, Mining the News, and he was saying Jeremy Pena is slated to be the starting shortstop. This was like in January, mm-hmm. and then I was meaning to draft him. I just, I never, you know, when you just like, oh, shit, he went. He's like, you kind of miss out. You kind of, I wasn't prioritizing him. I just like, he was in the back of my mind that he was a solid pick later in drafts because he had playing time. I didn't think he'd be this good. And then obviously his ADP shot up as we got closer to the season and he's really living up to it. So that's a huge regret. I love Dylan Cease. I just didn't end up getting him either. I was always taking like a Trevor Rogers of the Marlins. I just preferred him a bit more and that was off, off base. That's a big regret of mine. Another regret is what you did early on in, in this draft season. You were, you really were uh, knowledgeable about the the right uh, reliever specs where you were able to get, I know you talked them up, Taylor Rogers and Corey Knebel earlier when they were going much later in drafts. I got them on one team, but then it would have been nice to have taken them earlier in, in the draft season. So that's another regret. 
Uh, I had another one that's just oh, more Verlander. I should have just yeah, me too. Threw the injuries out of the window. This is a Hall of Fame pitcher. He'll figure it out. I only have him in Rise Slam. Wish I drafted him more. I don't think I have any Verlander. Verlander, Rodon, barely any. I think I took a FOMO share at two. Like Kershaw, nothing. Like those guys. Uh, and like DeGrom was basically a fade. I took like one or two of him, like when he was still in the second round when he was pitching. And then he obviously got hurt. Just like, um, so it's just like the wrong, the wrong steps on the, on the, on the, on the hurt pitchers. Um, and it, they could be, ba- they could backfire like Flaherty and you've seen Flaherty McCullers. I don't know. Like it's just th- those three Rodon, Kershaw and Verlander. Like, yeah, it's working out this year, but like how many years does that work out? Yeah, you never know. Just some you just gotta gauge like you can't go overboard drafting those types of profiles. You just you know, one team, okay, Rodon's fallen far enough. Let me take a shot on him. You're not gonna put on the same team, Rodon, Kershaw, and DeGrom and all of these pitchers. You're asking for trouble in that way. You just have to gauge your risk and uh manage accordingly. Right on. It's like that that team that everyone was talking about, uh, the Pod Horser team, the Tyler or Labor, whatever that draft was. He drafted them all on that. Oh team. yeah. And then they were talking about it, like, well, it's actually working out. But like, his first two picks were Kuhn and Degrom, and when they were saying that, they hadn't even they hadn't even um, played a game yet. And then Buxton was working out. I forget who else was on the team, but like, I don't know, like it, like uh, didn't have Rodon. Yeah, that one was over the top. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, it was over the top. And like that that team was doing that team's do that stream started out well because like Carrasco started out like crazy. Rizzo was starting like crazy. I don't know why I'm remembering all these players, but um I think he had Kershaw and just like all these pitchers pitching lights out. Like I think probably Verlander was on that team, but um I don't know. Um anyways, it's just like it's tough. It's it's tough to know. When yeah. you take those risks and like for me it was i was taking bauer over these over these like potentially hurt guys and that was a mistake that was my that's an l for me like i i should have been grabbing i don't know well they, they, like bauer was going later than some of them but he was he, bauer was going later than verlander kershaw and rodon so i don't know yeah i have some rodon even in that draft champions with you i look at this top three rotate in the rotation Woodruff, Rodon, and Gossman. That one's just wow. nasty. Nasty. Wow, that's good. That's that's a nice that's a nice rotation. Woodruff's gonna. I think Woodruff's gonna turn it around. I, yeah, I, me I, too. I, I'm not worried. I don't see any reason why he's going to be not what you'd expect him to be going forward. Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll get it going. The K's are there. The the whiffs are there. It's just a few bad starts. Not worried. Ready for uh, Jeopardy? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen. Let's see here. Sounds good. Ready, Bjorn? You want you want to play? Well, yeah. We need you of to course. play. We need you to play. I'm I play to win. All right, cool. <laughs> you uh you guys see the screen? Pull up the chat. Pull up the chat and you, <laughs> you can uh see the categories. Can you see? Yeah. And you know how to buzz in. So the categories here are um we got three today. We're gonna make it quick. Three categories, six questions. First category is Frank Amarante. The second category is Gecko's stats he posts on Twitter. And the third category is fantasy baseball Twitter. All of it. Hold on. All right. Well, let will get our guest, uh, Frank, choose the category. Okay. So I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose 
Fantasy baseball Twitter for 500. Fantasy, the entire fantasy baseball Twitter for 500. These are people who are easily fooled. <laughs> <laughs> you laughing, Bjorn? Uh, I'm very conflicted about it. I might talk to you about it later. Well, are you not? Um, you don't. You don't feel it was. It was um, proper that I was posting. Um, I guess those old jokes about old, old, old blurbs. I can't post old blurbs. Well, to you they might be jokes, but I saw people dropping players based on things you were posting. Really? Yeah. Like who are they dropping? Buxton. Wow. How much Fab would he go for? <laughs> well, if you, if, well, if you're if you're dropping Buxton now, you're not in you're not in an NFBC league because you can't drop anyone until Sunday, and you're likely in a daily league or home league if you're dropping him, and you likely have IL spots in those leagues. So I don't see why you would drop him. <laughs> so if you're dropping him, that's on you. That's just a bad decision, regardless of that information or not. Anyways. Fantasy baseball uh, Twitter for 500. And they, these are people that are easily fooled. So players that like, you know, swing and miss. Um, this player has struck out swinging more than anyone this year. Struck out swinging. Buzz. Buzz. Frank. <laughs> Let's go with Jared Kalenic. That is not right. That is good. That's a good guess. I would have... Uh, if I didn't have I didn't have the answers in front of me, I thought I would say that would be a plausible answer, but that's not right. Bjorn, do you have any uh, answer or guess for this? Uh, what is what about his teammate? Uh, Rick always talks about Julius Rodriguez. No, no, <laughs> Julius Rodriguez. That's it's a really uh, another good guess when it comes to strikeouts, but that's not correct. The answer is Chris Taylor. On the Dodgers. Oh wow! So I didn't. Chris, I didn't know that. Thirty-two times. Next in line was Fran Mel Reyes, thirty-one. Oh, I would have thought of him, yeah, because he's he's been a mess. Dansby Swanson, twenty-nine. Adolis, twenty-nine. Bellinger, twenty-eight. So, I think the Bellinger Yellick debate is pretty case closed by now. I think. Would you? Yeah, agree? I would agree. I would agree for sure. I think Yellick uh, just killing it. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. At first, I got pretty scared about Bellinger, but I don't know. It's still it's still early, man. But like right now, as it's looking and trending right now, it's looking like a W for the the Yellick boys. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, you got control of the board still. Okay, uh, let's just do. Let's finish that one off. Fantasy baseball Twitter for one thousand. Fantasy baseball for Twitter one thousand. These are people that are easily fooled, or gullible, or just swing and miss. Um, this player had the second highest O swing in the majors among qualified hitters, but is the only player with an O swing percentage greater than his O contact percentage. It was tough. So um, just to put just to sort of put it in perspective, uh, the player with the largest O swing at 52.2%. This is qualified hitters with Tim Anderson. This player's second to Tim Anderson. So like swings, swings outside the zone more than anyone else other than Tim Anderson. But he's the only player among all qualified hitters to have an O swing percentage greater than his O contact percentage. Uh, okay, I'm going to buzz. 
Okay. I'll take a shot. Javi Baez. That is a good guess, but that is incorrect. Ah. This player has really performed poorly. Oh, okay. And yeah, I don't, yeah, this play, not that Baez has been amazing, but this player has really performed poorly. What about uh, what about that guy? Rick Rick hates him because he's so good looking. Uh, uh, Badu. No, it's not Badu. I'm not even sure if he. I'm not. I'm honestly not even sure he's on this list. To, like qualified. Um, the answer is Avisail Garcia. Oh damn! I was just about to mention him. Really? He's starting to heat up. Yeah, I was just gonna just say as a foot, like as an added tidbit. He just he homered today and. Coming into today, I know he's been a huge bust this year, but he's got now like he's starting to hit. He, he was hitting. He's on a four-game hitting streak coming in. You started to see signs, and now he homered. I think he's starting to break out, like out of his slump. He's third among qualified hitters, third worst in O contact, only behind Chris Taylor, who's the worst O contact, and Tommy Pham. Uh, Jorge Mateo is right after um, Abisail, and yeah, but yeah, no. If he's heating up, he's. Um, He's he's always he's he's always been a guy that didn't take a lot of walks, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So you you like him going forward? He's not a draft. Well, I I kind of liked him a bit coming in just because he hit, he has good batted ball metrics and he chipped in eight steals last year around twenty three home runs. He's just a, like a decent outfielder to round out your five there. But obviously, it's been a brutal start. I'm still wouldn't be giving up on him yet, and and it's good to see him starting to show signs of busting out of the slump. You uh, you sidetracked me there, Frank. When you talked about a huge bust, I thought of Magpie. <laughs> <laughs> good look, good looking woman. <laughs> All right, Frank, you got control. Okay, let's go with Gecko's stats for 500. All right, Gecko stats on five, for 500. As you know, he's been posting a lot on Twitter. And these are stats that are really hard to find. Yeah, the fab stats. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really hard to find those stats. Um, so that's good that he's posting them. So for 500. Um, and this category is about stats that are hard to find. So stolen bases. Um, this top 50 pick and projected 2020 player, projected 2020 player, has only one stolen base and no home runs and is batting 204 so far. Buzz. What up? Let's take a shot. Randy or Rosarena? No. Damn. Bjorn, do you have a guess? Mm, I do, but only because he's been injured. Um, Tiasker Hernandez. No, that's also wrong. The answer is Trevor Story. Oh, yeah. He's really struggling out there. Yeah, hopefully he starts getting it going. I think he had a couple hits um, yesterday. John Fish's got to be pissed. That's his boy. I'm pissed too. I have a lot of Trevor Story too. Oh, he should get it going. I think I I don't. I'm not um, overly concerned right now. I think he'll. I think he'll be great. Um, He'll get it going. Yeah. Hopefully. All right, Frank. What's next? Uh, Gecko stats a thousand. Okay. Again, these are stats that are very hard to find. Scare stats. Um, Stolen bases. This is this is a tough one. This might be the toughest question uh, that you'll hear today. These pair of teammates on a running team, quote unquote, have combined for zero stolen bases so far across over 150 at bats when they are both projected for double the double digit steals by steamer. Mm. I need to think about this one. Kind of this is tough. 
Damn. I'll give you a hint. It's not what Whit Merrifield has a couple stolen bases, but um, he's been really shitty too. Yeah, he has. That's your hint. Okay. Okay, I'll just take a shot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marcus Simeon and Adolis Garcia. No, I think they. I'm pretty sure that at least Adolis has stolen bases. That's not right. Bjorn, do you have any guesses here? <laughs> Yeah, give you a hint. I was, t- I was talking about their team. Merrifield's on their team. Nikki Lopez and Nikki Lopez's teammate. <laughs> well, say one of his teammates. Adalberto Mondesi. No, it's well, it's Lopez and Michael Taylor. All right. So if you're drafting those guys, yeah, that's a tough one. If you're drafting those guys like near the end, well, I guess Lopez in the high 200s and Taylor like around pick 400, the only reason you're really drafting those guys is for the stolen base potential. Otherwise, their value is very minimal and uh, they're not even doing that. I think Victor Robles is another guy that um, you thought like at least like there's a path to value in those stolen bases. But yeah, some of these players have been so fucking bad. Like um, like some of the guys you had mentioned, like and I had mentioned, Sim, like Simeon and and Story and and um, Simeon Story, um, all these players are just like not doing anything in terms of um, like any sort of production. It's been bad. Yeah, they've really struggled. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one, we'll go with Frank Amarante, 500, myself. Frank Amarante for 500. These are people with way too many bad takes. <laughs> so these are people that do, do strike, who strike out, strike out looking. Uh, <laughs> so just bad, bad takes, right? Okay. Yeah. Good takes. Uh, not swinging at those borderline calls that end up as balls and taking the walk. Yeah, that's the Frank Amaranti category. I don't, I don't know. I don't write. I don't write these. I don't write these categories. <laughs> so we'll, I, I don't know. I'm like, I can't argue with that because I don't know the intent. Um, so <laughs> Frank Amaranto for five. Frank Frank Amarante for five hundred. This player has the lowest Z swing, so swings in the strike zone among qualified hitters. Okay, Buzz. It might not be right. He might not be qualified. But I'm just, just going to say him anyway. Kevin Biggio because he always takes pitches. No, it's not for Biggio. Bjorn, <laughs> do you have any guesses here? No, I don't think so. Okay, I'll give you guys a hint. This guy looks like he doesn't have a neck. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah. Wow. You're right, but you don't get any points because you, you actually lose the points because you already guessed wrong. But yeah, that's him. Lowest, uh, <laughs> he's the lowest Z swing, so he doesn't swing at pitches in the zone. Maybe. Yeah, my ex-wife was sending me pictures of him. That's how I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? What kind of... What kind of pictures was she sending? Uh, they were actually from the neck down. So right, let's move on. Next. Okay. You guys think Vogelbach's a thing? Like he's playing every day in Pittsburgh. Like he's been better than Sutsugo. Well, he's like one of those uh, players that really help all your draft champions team that you got so late and you just plug them in for volume. So if I had him, I'd be pretty happy. And in, in that case, I, I have Ben Gamble and the, couple teams he's been leading off a bit it's just that ugly lineup but they someone's got to play someone's got to produce some of the runs so i mean if you're in a pinch why not he plays every day just get those accumulators gamble to camera who wouldn't want to plug uh vogelbach right bjorn (laughs) i thought we were moving on okay 
So last category, we don't need to lament this. Uh, Frank Amarante for 1,000. These, again, these are people with too, way too many bad takes, people that who strike out looking a lot. So for 1,000, can we get can we get an answer here? This player has the most looking strikeouts with 22, which is more than Trent Grisham, who was second on this second on this list with 16. Hmm. Hmm. Let's think about this one. This is probably wrong, but just popping in my head, and he's can another. You, can, you, can you see my screen or no? Yeah, I can. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it good? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I'm gonna have to guess. Hmm. I think I know it. Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, it's funny that you guessed that right, and Bjorn guessed it wrong on the swinging strikeouts. Isn't that funny, Bjorn? Yeah, and he called him Julius. Yep. <laughs> that that really stings. Yeah, that, that one hurts. That's like getting outbid by one in fab. So that's it. That means Frank wins Jeopardy. All right. All right. Nice job, Frank. How about that? Good game, Bjorn. Yeah, good game. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Frank. That's all. Oh. That, that's all. That's all we got today. So All right, it's a pleasure as always. And I want to hear Born to be Wild before I leave. Bjorn, play Bjorn to be Wild. I like that song. He's really struggling with the soundboard, I think. I don't know if, like, I think Rick's going to be disappointed. Um, I don't think that I'll play Bjorn to be Wild. Um, there's actually a song on here. It's just called um, Lou Bob Night Night. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but we can play that off for a while and then... Uh, you know, maybe Zach can just stop it when he's ready. All right, cool. What's going on here? Oh, well, everybody's heard about the bird. Bird, bird, bird. The bird's the word. Oh, well, a bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Oh, well, a bird, bird, bird. Well, it's funny bird, that he would um, play this for Lou Bob since Lou Bob's a deaf mute. So, I don't know. It's kind of odd. I don't know if Lou Bob can even hear. Maybe it's just like something. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that, Bjorn. But um, Frank at F. Amarante with two M's. Uh, T. The Fantasy Jones. So TFJ. TFJ. Trying to trying to work that acronym acronym in my head without looking at it. Um, Great guy, to, great guy to interact with. We got to, when are we going to a blue jig Yeah, we got to pick again. We wanted to go see Adalberto Mondesi because we were <laughs> yeah. like, because you hated him. We could go see. We got to pick one because that would be great. Um, Tell me a game. We got to we'll see go. Byron Buxton. Yes, before he gets I got all these weddings that were backlogged from COVID this year. That's why every so many weekends are taken up. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't have to be a weekend. Well, I guess it's tough for you to get into Toronto from London, right? Yeah, but I could I could still do a weekday. It would just be more fun on a weekend. But we'll figure it out soon. Maybe watch our boy Buxton hit a home run off uh, Kikuchi. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see that. Um, I would love to see Buxton just go off and beat the Jays, even though I'm a Jays fan. Um, yeah, tell me a game. And um, sooner, right. than, sooner than later, so I can put it aside and we'll go. All right, let's do it. It's all, and I'll, uh, Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you later. All right, take care. Bjorn, do you want to uh, send us off or something like your IT? Like, do your job, right? Like, you want to, um, to, to show your stuff? Just, I would just, like, I don't, I don't know, but, like, um, maybe – I was just thinking he could have a signature saying like, let me be frank with you. That would be kind of cool. 
That'd be cool. Let me be frank with you. Or, or am I right? Because like, people, uh, for some reason on Twitter, they mispronounce and they think of am I right on my last name. Never got that before Twitter, but anyway. All right, we're leading now with Bjorn, Bjorn to be wild. Beautiful. Yep, sounds I'm call, good. I'm, I'm actually calling it Bjorn to be wild, the song. <laughs> so Bjorn, what are you doing tonight? You got any plans tonight, Bjorn? You don't have to stop the song. I'm I'm sorry. I'm so bad at IT. Rick is going to hate me even more than he does. And all I do is try and show him love. Oh, gosh. You got that? You got show me love on that soundboard by Robin? <laughs> I've never heard that song. That sounds great. Frank, you know the song? Yeah, I know it. <laughs> is it a Canadian song? It might be. I don't know. But like, it was always on it. <laughs> well, it was on much music when I was. Yeah, yeah. That one, right? You got to show me love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. It's terrible. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think we're like, we're, we're, we're in sync there. But um, I don't know. It could be Canadian. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Anyone listening to this probably doesn't even know who Brian Adams is. So they definitely don't. If that's Canadian, they don't know who that is. Yeah, right. I'd have to agree with you there. All right, Bjorn, anything new on your any Santa saw it with something on the on the soundboard that Rick gave you. All right, I could certainly work on that. We should have like at least if we like we have this IT guy here, we should have some outro music. Jonathan on Amazon music. Oh, it's because he's from West Virginia. That's why Rick loves this song. Oh, I love this song, too. <laughs> this one's just labeled, I love Maggie. <laughs> what a track. All right, boys. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Draft Champions podcast for the last time. <laughs> Take me home <laughs> to the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Take me home, country road. <laughs> God, I miss Rick.